Welcome back to the Dogs of War podcast. It is so great to have you as always. This episode is brought to you by Zabo Apparel Company. It's getting cold in Cleveland. Go get your long sleeve Browns gear. S-Z-A-B-O-Apparel.com. Today's episode, Raleigh and I bring on our friend Mike Lehman. Mike is a diehard Browns fan who has written some fantastic articles for Cleveland.com and The Plain Dealer. We're going to have him on to make a big announcement regarding something we're adding to the podcast moving forward. We then bring on, per usual, a podcast from the opposing sidelines. We have the number one Houston Texans podcast, Texans Unfiltered, and the host, James and John, on to help us break down the game coming up and see how similar our two franchises actually are. Let's get into it. Let's go. I still believe through the cold and through the heat, through the rain and through the tears, through the crowds and through the cheers. Oh, I still believe. Are we back? We we live? We're live. I hate record. The the post pod the post by week podcast. Post by week podcast. Are we? Uh, can you start it? Are we? Okay, we're starting. Starting. Just start the podcast. Welcome back. Welcome back, loyal dogs of war, to the dogs of war podcast. I'm your host Raleigh, and this is co-host Kevin. And if you ever wondered how an episode usually starts, uh, usually I cut that part out, but that's every single week right there. Yeah, You're welcome. That was like the fifth take. It was the Michael Scott effect. And we hey. are joined by newly acquired unpaid intern, master-in-chief editor, editor-in-chief, Mike Lehman. Lehman? He's, any, he's anything but. Lehman, yeah. He's not, a, he's not an intern. He's way above intern. He's the lord of the unpaid interns. The editor-in-chief unpaid intern. My entire life has been building toward this moment. It's an honor to be here. Uh, so... Basically, Mike wrote one of the best articles I've seen in a while talking about sort of the hypocrisy that many Browns fans go through. I don't know if hypocrisy is the right word. There's psycho fans. There's fans that just lose hope immediately. There's fans that want a Super Bowl every other game and just kind of saying, hey, guys, why don't you just sit back, enjoy the team, stop hate watching them and uh, buckle up. Raleigh. What? Let's have Michael explain his article next. All right. Sorry. I, I, I was watching <laughs> Cops earlier. Hey, Mike, you want to talk about some of your articles better than I can talk about your articles? <laughs> and where they've been published? It was a good intro. It was a good intro. Yeah. Yeah, sure. So I've written a few pieces that have been published on Cleveland.com. And as someone who cares more about the Browns and is healthy or wise, I have lots of, um, lots of material to work with. But first, one of the things that I've been really fascinated by is looking around and seeing that People often give you a hard time if you're a Browns fan. They feel sorry for you. And I don't want anyone's pity because if you are a Browns fan and you orient yourself in the right way, you're becoming a better person in the process. We aren't going to become Fairweather fans. We aren't going to be wildly optimistic about our team unless we have Chubb and Teller back, which we have this week. And we also aren't going to just jump ship and become a Fairweather fan and chase whoever recently won the title. That's not what we do. That's not blue collar. That's not Cleveland. That's not what happens. So if you actually follow the Browns in a meaningful way, you are equipped to handle the ups and downs of life. And of course, there are really serious things that happen, right? But being a Browns fan and getting your punch in the gut, more often than not, prepares you for everything else. Great friend, great husband, great employee, runs the gamut, right? With the Baker Mayfield piece, it's just incredible because I don't really tolerate any Baker Mayfield blasphemies. It's like in John Wick excommunicado by thine own hand revoked. I just don't tolerate that stuff because you had this guy in Baker Mayfield, a God among men, basically. He didn't accidentally walk on and then start at Texas tech and then Oklahoma. He didn't accidentally win the Heisman and then become the top overall draft pick. He didn't accidentally break the rookie passing touchdown record, eclipsing Russell Wilson and Peyton Manning. Those guys went on to have decent careers, right? So the talent is unquestionably there. It's only a matter of being consistent. So when he's able to be in the same offense for more than, you know, five minutes, he's going to flourish. And that's what we're starting to see as his star is rising, as 
Kevin Smooth Operator Stefanski. It's working his magic. Gosh, you are such a good. He's good at writing and speaking. And (laughs) see, I love that because now usually I'm the one that's going on the long winded rants and get real (laughs) into it. And you just took that for today. And I'm so pumped. Talk a little bit more about your articles and where they've been published. I don't think we talked about that. Yeah, yeah. So I've been publishing on Cleveland.com. And I'm just trying to provide which also goes into the plain dealer in print. Yeah, yeah. So I think all of the articles I published on Cleveland.com have been in the plain dealer, which is unfortunately a fraction of its size. But hey, it's still there. And just trying to provide a counterweight because there's all this negativity. I'm an ideas man. I, I thrive on enthusiasm, and I just can't stand that negativity. I love so, to use the example of how being a Browns fan makes you a better person. I have used that so many times in my life when someone says like. Oh, sorry, or it might be like totally non-sports related. Like, sorry, this might be hard, or I get, I'm a Browns fan, or I'm a Cleveland sports fan. Nothing can get me down. I told you off mic. I want to tell you a quick story about that pertains to you. I was at uh, a good friend of our family, the OD family. Shout out the ODs here in Chicago. Uh, their daughter lives here. My sister's best friend, and the rest of them live in Cleveland. Their dad has only missed two games since 84 at home. Uh, one, he was getting surgery, and the other one, Kelly, the girl who we were at, was, was being born. Um, he has not missed a single home game besides that. And so they're diehard. So I was at – we were over at her place here in Chicago a few weeks ago, and uh, she had some people over, a bunch of Cleveland people over. I went to their fridge to get another uh, beverage, another bottle of water, and I look up, and there's a big printout of the Plain Dealer, and it's your article. No and like way. they're not i don't think like i don't know if they listen to the podcast much like a little bit so and they don't know that like we have a connection so like i just saw that i was gonna i was gonna email you guys right there but i was like i'll do it on the pod but yeah literally going to the fridge and they just big and bold they had the like someone sent it to them from cleveland because we can't get the plane dealer here in print obviously and they have a big on their fridge here in chicago so that was that was awesome mike why don't you tell our listeners where you went to college <laughs> yeah i went to yale yeah, we got a Yale oh, guy. Oh, the date of the Northeast. The date exactly. of the Northeast. Very nice. Oh, that is such a sick brag. Good stuff. I'm glad you're on our side. Wait, wait, wait hang on. But I was wondering with you Ivy Leaguers, when you get asked where you went to school, do you say I went to a small school on the East Coast, or do you just come out and say Yale? I think only people from Harvard do that. They say, oh, I went to school in Boston. Yeah, yeah, every time. And I, see, I just kind of own that shit. Yeah. I, I was also – this actually, I don't know if anybody could answer this, but Kevin, you're 31, 32. 32. I'm 31, about to be 32. Mike, you're like 32-ish. Do you think at this point in our professional careers, if we put on our resume that we went to Yale, would a company like call us out if we were like, how do they verify that? I feel well, like I have- not anymore. Yeah. Not if you've had a job or two. They don't look like that far. Yeah, I'm just going to switch Good everything, idea. switch everything up to Yale. It'll be sick. No, same. So when people <laughs> ask me where I went to school, you know, I don't like to, you know, I don't want to come off as, you know, uh, oh, he's, you know, thinks he's the smartest guy in the room or best looking because he went to Dayton. So, you know, I just said I went to a small school in Southwest Ohio, kind of the same thing as with Harvard's, you know, people do up in Boston. So same thing with Dayton. I get it. Um, let's talk about this game coming up this weekend. Guys, yeah. I am so excited for a football game. I'm bored. Mr. Lemon, what'd you do for your bye Sunday? You know, it's really wonderful being able to watch football and not be constantly stressed out and just crippled by anxiety, waiting to see what's going to happen with the Browns every play. But I was watching, I did feel some kind of allegiance to a player on Sunday, and that was one Garrett Gilbert, and I was rooting hard for him to torch yes. the Steelers. Yes. Right, miraculously, he played so well. Let's uh, For everyone living under a rock, Garrett Gilbert is an ex-backup <laughs> for the Cleveland Browns. He now plays for the Cowboys. He's like their fifth stringer, third stringer, whatever he is. No, they, they signed him when they lost every other quarterback on their squad. I only focus on the Browns. Thank he's you. He's their Kevin. starter right now. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Fact Checker guy. Anyway, he's starting for the Cowboys, and they played the Steelers. They were up 10 nothing at one point. A Steelers loss to the Cowboys would have been sick, but ultimately the Steelers won. Levin, I'm with you. I, I, I've not been that emotionally invested into another team, I don't think, ever. I was cheering so hard. For him, especially because they're playing Pittsburgh, it was beautiful. Um, But, I mean, what's he going to do? He has absolutely nothing to work with at all down there. For my bye week, same thing you guys said. Uh, It's – and I used to make the joke, you know, pre – 
Baker, Miles era that, you know, bye week is my favorite week of the year, my favorite day of the year, because it's just so relaxing. Of course, by, you know, you were usually, you know, one and seven or oh and eight, whatever, historically. Um, we're, we're normally mathematically eliminated. Yeah, from we're already, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So it was so nice to just lay around and just enjoy watching other teams screw up. Um, but I'm so excited to get back. And this weekend, we got the Houston Texans, Deshaun Watson up next. Well, let's talk about who we got coming back, baby. Let's, oh, yeah, wow. start with that. Mr. Wyatt Teller and Mr. Nick Chubb are practicing again. I think Cooper's practicing again. Cooper's practicing again, yep. I, I don't know what how much we can expect each player to be on the field. I'm, do you guys have any idea how the hell I think works? I think with, with Hooper, because it was an appendectomy, is that how you say it? When you get your appendix out, appendicitis, uh, whatever the surgery is, he's got he got his appendix out. I mean, I mean, he was. I don't know how long you're. I've never got mine out. If you guys, I, I offered to. Not that I know. Like, how long are you out for? I don't know, a couple of days. So I'm sure he's been like working out, but he probably couldn't have to wait till the stitches, or whatever. I don't know. So he's probably not. His legs are still there. I don't know what Nick's Chubb's training and recovery has been. Like, well, I don't know what he's been doing. Um, so yes, I I think it's fair to assume that. Out of the three of them, I think Wyatt Teller is going to be in there the whole game because um, we don't really have a choice. Um, I think Hooper will be there maybe a little limited, but pretty much full go. I would not expect to see Chubb taking the full workload or most of it off of Kareem until another week, maybe two. But that I that is my opinion, gentlemen oh. and listeners. Yeah, and our opinions, if you guys haven't figured it out at this point, are irrelevant. We have a podcast and a meme account. We're just kind of speculating. Now we have a writer. But, yeah, it's well said, Kevin. I'm sure it's probably true. But big news nonetheless. When I saw that, uh, first of all, shout out to – we actually have a social media person with the Browns now because that thing – that the bat signal they put up with Chubb on the Browns Twitter last night, go look it up, was incredible. It is so great to have him back. On top of those uh, – those- Three names of the guys coming. I don't know what PJ Phillips, if he's coming back. Everybody on the Cleveland Browns didn't have to play a game in the NFL this past Sunday. That bye week, it's there for a reason. These guys can rest, relax. I mean, they're still probably practicing, but they're not getting the shit beat out of them by other players in the NFL. So we're going to see a healthy team. We're going to see a team that's kind of coming off of a frustrating loss before the bye week. And let's beat the shit out of the Houston Texans. And now this is to the dismay of all the players, but for new this year because of COVID, they weren't allowed to, and this is not just the Browns, it's every team in the NFL, your bye week, you're not allowed to leave the city. You have to go to the facility every single morning still and get your COVID test. So whereas you always be a little worried, like all oh, the bye week, they're all took Maybe off another, to the beach. Another marijuana days. incident. Or they all took off to the beach for a few days or whatever, but they've all, and I was listening to, uh, Cleveland radio, I think a lot of them said they were actually been going into the facility and working out because there's nothing else to do when you're, it's a buy and you can't leave town. Um, so this is a, a little bit of different. Obviously they would love to probably take a vacation like any of us would, but from a fan perspective, uh, love that they have just had to stay put and chill. All right. Uh, you know what? I don't think anyone's going to be able to take a vacation from Wyatt Teller's punishing blocks. This house of pancakes, man, open for business again. Let's go. Post a little bit. It's going to be back open Sunday brunch. All you can eat. Hell yeah, unpaid editor-in-chief. Um, speaking of that, let's uh, segue into the, the unpaid internship call to action. So uh, earlier this year, we sent out a – it was a post on the Instagram machine saying, hey, we're looking for unpaid interns to help with the podcast, et cetera. And we got like 60 emails. That was about 59 emails more than I thought we were going to get. I didn't respond to – almost any of them. I got pretty excited, but now we actually have kind of figured out a position where we can harness the talents of the loyal dogs of war. Should they feel they can or want to contribute? Basically we're throwing up a uh, website uh, where we can have blog posts. We'll be able to throw up fan testimonials, sick Brown stories, historical Browns lessons, uh, a write-up on the 1964 Cleveland Browns team. The sky's the limit. These are just some prompts. If you're interested, please email dogsofwarpod at gmail.com and show us what you got. But that's coming up. This website, it'll be live someday, and there's going to be writings from yours truly, Mike Lehman. When I say yours truly, not me, but him. I'm going to write stuff, too. I don't know what I'm going to write about. (laughs) I'm absolutely writing stuff, too. But he went to Yale, so good stuff. (laughs) 
you know, we're going to have all kinds of wonderful Browns content that's going to be positive. And we'll also have a lot of forced movie references. Yeah, yeah, peppered but, with humorous movie references. Yeah. You know, so really, nothing's changing. Nothing's yeah. changing. It's a podcast in written form now. Exactly. <laughs> well, in much better form because with Michael behind the behind the pen. He went to Yale. I'm excited for it. We have a, it's going to be just a big joint website between, you know, episodes of the podcast and then the blog. So I want it to be just a big community, positive community for Browns fans, just to get a little different media than you normally would different content than we're used to. Um, You've heard us talk about the local media time and time again, this podcast. So, you know, like anything else, like anything else, you can bitch and moan all you want, but if you're not going to try and do something about it, then shut up. So we're trying to do something about it with this. Yeah, we're heroes. Good call, Kevin. Um, yeah, <laughs> if you haven't figured out, our end game is to replace the local media or make them work for their jobs. We're going to do that one unpaid intern submitted blog post at a time. Looking forward to that. Back to the Browns news. If everyone saw, OBJ had his ACL surgery today. And he put a picture up of him sitting in the chair in his hospital room and also had a the piece of paper like on the wall was Beckham and Andrews underneath, which means Dr. James Andrews, uh, one of the best surgeons in the game in the world, did it. So it's something to be hopeful for right there. I feel so bad for this guy. I don't want to take yeah. a ton of time on this because we already did this before, but it's tough. It just All season long, he was saying how comfortable he finally is, how happy he finally was. And the most freak goofy injury ever rips the ACL. So I, another good thing too, is when Andrew Barry gave his midseason state of the union last week, press conference. And of course people were asking, you know, what's the deal with Odell? Do we see him in the long-term of this team, the long-term plan? And Barry just snapped right back and goes, I am so sick of hearing that question. Can you guys stop asking me that question? He's going nowhere. I mean, obviously, it's a, things can change overnight. It's, it's, it's the business. But he said he's not like, stop asking that question. He's in our plan. He's Odell Beckham. Like, next. So excited there. Got a lot of players coming back. This Houston Texans team, uh, for, again, those living under a rock, they fired head coach and GM Bill O'Brien uh, beginning of October after they started 0-4. Romeo Cornell, a familiar face to us Cleveland fans, is now their head coach. And it's going to be interesting. They are now two and six. They beat Jacksonville last weekend. Thank God, because they uh, were my eliminator pick. So, gentlemen, any takes right off the jump about this game coming up? The reason I'm positive is that we're coming off the bye week and we have a bunch of healthy bodies coming back, give our guys some R&R. But they've had a tough schedule. I mean, they played the Chiefs. They lost to the Chiefs, but they've lost to the Steelers. They've lost to the Ravens. Those are three of the top teams in the NFL. Um, they gave the Titans a pretty good run uh, when they, it was like 42, 36 or something in overtime. Yep. And, but they also, they whooped ass on the Jaguars, uh, the Vikings. That was kind of a bummer loss for them. I don't know. They've lost a lot of games, but they've also lost to some really good teams. And, and they also made maybe the dumbest trade in the history of football in the off season. Yeah. But well, and also the reason why we're being a little, we're bringing on, two of two Houston Texans podcasters here for an interview. So we're going to leave most of that, the game talk to that section coming up here shortly. Now, I just wanted to say one more thing on the note of this bye week offering much needed rest for our players. People are talking about Jarvis and Baker and obviously Wyatt Teller and Hooper and Chubb benefiting from the time off. I don't hear many people talking about Kareem Hunt. He's banged up and mm-hmm. I will not tolerate people blasting cream hunt and saying that he's been a disappointment or anything like that, because he has been a soldier playing through what, what is it? It hurt. It was first a groin injury and then it was a rib injury. Who knows what's going on? That's only what they're telling nothing's us. Slowing him down. Exactly. Exactly. So he he's playing through something and he's going to come out. He's going to pop. We got the two best running backs in the NFL. We, we have the best duo in the NFL, not even close beyond dispute. What blows my mind, and, and as the resident pessimist of all Cleveland teams for my entire life, uh, Kareem Hunt is shouldering the entire load. Again, we said this on the last episode. What made them so great is because they're two of the best backs in the league that get to trade off snaps. So they're never really getting too beat up or too tired. When it's Kareem back there by himself, and again, it was just all those idiots that are in the random Facebook groups and Twitter eggs that were saying this stuff, but – 
anyone who says Kareem's been a disappointment is out of their minds and hasn't been watching. Right. Like what he's not gonna he's not gonna score a hundred touchdowns in the, in the few games he's back there by himself. He's been doing just fine. He's still one of the best backs in the league. There's a lot of other things that have been going on. Remember, we lost Teller, we lost Hooper. Those were huge blockers right there. Uh, so yeah, of course he did just fine. He did everything we needed him to do, um, and that's that. So to recap all that, the two and six Texans, Deshaun Watson, Romeo Cornell, J.J. Watt will be coming to Cleveland this coming Sunday. The spread is currently Browns minus three, but as you know, that'll probably change many times in the next few days. We are about to hop over to an interview with James and John from the Texans Unfiltered podcast, texansunfiltered.com on all streaming platforms, the number one Texans podcast in the game. Thank you again, Michael Lehman. You guys are going to be hearing and seeing a lot more of him coming up. And let's get over to the Thank interview. You. We now welcome out of the Dogs of War podcast, James and John of the number one Texas podcast on the internet, as far as we're concerned. Texans Unfiltered podcast. Like I said before, you can find them on texansunfiltered.com or all streaming platforms. We'll have their Twitters and everything in the description of this episode. John, James, gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Uh, thank you, guys. Uh, super stoked to be here. It, I'll be honest, I've done a lot of these, and I've never been excited to do one until I actually did the pre-show hangout with you guys and got to see that you guys are just real dudes. Yeah. Uh, and now now I'm in my comfort zone. I, I can tell you right now, I feel good where this is going to go. Um, and I'm super excited. So thanks for having us on. Disappointed. I was hoping y'all were going to be a little more um, standoffish or dickish because, you know, we've been trying to pick a rivalry with the, uh, with the Browns all because of, you know, Deshaun Baker. But y'all, y'all seem cool. So I'm a little, I'm a little taken back by that. Like, why are y'all nice? Well, appreciate that. First of all, it's at Midwest Hospitality, just like Texas. But I will say, when James first came out of the, we were doing a video interview here. He's got a green screen behind him, and the first screen was Deshaun versus Baker already queued up. It was stats. I was like, oh, it's gonna be one of these. Like we're going right into that. We're going right into it. Um, but no, appreciate you guys coming on. Looking forward to the chat. Um, tell us about the Texas Unfiltered podcast. How did it start? You know, tell people where to find it and everything about it. Yeah, we started, uh, it's, it's actually a funny story. So four and a half years ago, I, I put on the Texans Reddit that uh, I wanted to start a Texans podcast, uh, interviewed a bunch of dorks that didn't mesh with me in any way and just gave up on it. And then I got a message on Reddit about a week and a half later from John saying, hey, whatever happened to this? And I said, well, everybody sucked. And, uh, and he's like, well, let's grab a beer. And so we, I was like, grab a beer. And he's like, yeah, I'm in Austin too. I was like, what really that's crazy okay cool let's grab a beer so we grab a beer uh and we we hit it off and john was knowledgeable which is all i was really looking for i just wanted to find somebody that that had knowledge of the team that um was better than our local media because it all they all suck and uh oh you came to the right podcast yeah and so we 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 started in john's uh what? It was, we started uh, in your garage. We did two episodes oh, yeah. in your garage, and it was 120 degrees in there. We're sharing one mic, and we were, like, hunched over. Like, we got close, man. We got really I'll close really quick. I'll be honest. And this was uh, getting ready for the, the draft with okay. uh, Deshaun. And then when we moved up, we moved to my clubhouse at my apartment, and which was all, was like, down. solid wood and that echo. Oh, man. I don't even know how why people listen to us, but almost from the moment we started, we got great feedback and we've ended up having probably one of the best followings in Houston sports. Like it's awesome. That's yeah. why I said number one, Texas podcast there is. So you guys let into my next question because I'm always curious with Houston fans born and raised in Houston. Are you the leftover from the Oilers? Were you Cowboys fans before like Houston Texans fans in general? Is it a big old motley crew or what's the makeup there? You guys yeah, just so said you're in Austin, obviously. So for me, it's a bit different. Um, I was born in Houston when I was two. And then uh, my mom divorced my dad and moved, just took me to California. So I was raised in California until I was uh, 17. Uh, so I grew up a Dodgers, Angels, uh, Lakers fan. Uh, no football, wasn't interested in it in any way. And then moved back to Houston the first season of the Houston Texans. And my uncle got me into football. And then that's kind of taken over my life ever since then. Cause once you fall in love with football, nothing else really matters. And, and except for your kids, you know, they sometimes matter, but not, you know, not right now, not right now. Um, and, um, 
And yeah, so I, I just have been with them ever since. And now I just, you know, I have my Lakers. Th that's never going away. Um, but then I, I, I pretty much adopted the Astros and, and the Texans. A lot of, a lot of other storylines been going on there between LeBron and the Lakers, the Strohs, all that. But we'll, we'll keep it football for here. Um, John, similar story? Minus the L.A. part? Uh, similar. Uh, well, not L.A. I was born in East Texas in a little town called Lovkin, uh, which is tiny, tiny. Um, and when I moved out to South Carolina, that it's like, where isn't, that, uh, isn't that Cowboys territory? A um, little bit. Uh, we were closer to Houston, but everywhere in Texas, unless you're really in the bubble, is Star. Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, it's Cowboys fans are just everywhere, and they're annoying. There's more Cowboys fans. Cowboys fans out in the Carolinas than there is even out here. Like I bet James, I bet James saw more Cow James saw more Cowboys fans in LA than he did in Texas. Oh, I definitely. definitely. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, that was pretty much all they wore. That and Raiders. And they've never been to Texas in their lives, but they got the Lakers cap. Well, Texas. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> they got their Cowboys jersey on with the uh, the Yankees hat, and of course they're yelling <laughs> about the Lakers about something. Um, but no, I moved out to the Carolinas and I went for both Texas teams just because even though started out an Oilers fan, but there was no Oilers. I mean, they were gone. My parents are still Titans fan, but there was no Oilers. So tried the Cowboys thing. Never really felt right. Actually started following college football more so, especially when I got into college. And then my wife got direct TV and I got to watch all the Texans games again. And once that started, like it's just been over. So probably for, I haven't missed a game in probably close to 10 years now, but their first 10 years, I was kind of like, eh, whatever. So for those who are living under a rock, the Texans came back three years after us in 2002 as the reignited franchise down there. Um, so a lot of, a lot of similarities. You guys have actually sniffed uh, division championships a few times, but uh, we'll talk about that later. Wanted to talk about, Let's jump right into it. Um, love to ask you guys, when we have people on from the other team, love to hear what were your expectations and really predictions, if you had, a, you know, maybe the record or whatever would be coming into this season after the offseason you guys had. Well, yeah, tonight's episode is actually about where we got it wrong. Uh, everything that Ooh. we got wrong, um, we tend to be more optimistic than most because. Uh, Once you hear our game predictions at the end of the episode, but keep going. Yeah, we tend to be more optimistic than most. Um, you know, I think it's very easy for the media and for local media um, and fans to see the negative and talk about it. I think it's a lot harder to try to find the positives in, inside of the, you know, some of the narratives and things that were happening. Um, you know, DeAndre Hopkins trade, you know, it was a bad one. It was hard for us to swallow. Uh, but at the end of the day, I, I, you know, we tried to buy into the vision. And I think the vision really with the right coach would have been the right vision. Um, I, I do think that the talent at uh, the wide receiving core um, would have been fine, but, um, ultimately we thought, you know, I, I believe that we would still win the division. Um, I, I knew our defense was going to be just the worst in the league. I, I expected that, but I thought there would be enough to potentially, you know, either Deshaun just lights it up and we, we become the chiefs and we're just scoring a bunch of points and it doesn't matter. And then we lose in the divisional round or, uh, what, but, um, Defense is bad. Uh, you know, David Johnson's been awful. Um, there's just a, there, there's a lot of different things that happened. Bill O'Brien being gone is the best thing that could happen in this franchise. And, um, you know, I, I've had Bill O'Brien on the show. It sucks to say that about somebody who uh, went out, went out uh, on a limb for me. But at the end of the day, um, he was awful at what he did and uh, took on too much. I think he'll be a good coach again at some point. I just think that he took on a little bit too much responsibility and, um, yeah, and now we're, you know, what, two and six, two and seven, something like that. I don't even – we stopped counting after 0-3, So, yeah, I feel like the Browns. Literally, I mean, you guys, it's like looking in a mirror right now. And shout-out to you guys last weekend because I had you guys as my uh, survivor pick, so thank you for that. So, for those of you, again, not totally clued in, Bill O'Brien been the coach since 2014 down there? Yep. Came into the season, they started 0-4. Um, prior to the season, was it prior? They traded Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins, top running, top wide receiver, if not the best in the league, to Arizona in exchange for David Johnson. I think you guys exchanged some fourth rounders too. And got a second round pick. And a second what, round the, pick. The, yeah, so people were uh, aghast outside of Houston. I don't know what you guys want to talk about. What the reaction was being everybody, in Houston? Everybody. Was. Oh, yeah, yeah, everybody so, was. 
I mean, and that was just people were just shocked everywhere. And then after the 0 4 start, the Texans got rid of GM, head coach Bill O'Brien. Um, and now, what I'm excited to see Romeo! We have a familiar face now running the show, Romeo Cornell. And when I see Romeo, we have no bad blood against Romeo. Uh, is one of our 50 coaches we've had in the last 20 Quite years. hard to have bad blood with Romeo. Yeah, well, because my, my college roommate, shout out John, uh, the, I remember we were watching a game once with Romeo on the sidelines, and he just said, whenever I look at Romeo, I think of the, the dialogue bubble coming up out of his head with the Arby's logo. Like, he's always thinking Arby's. And now I can't look at Cornell the last 10, 15 years without thinking Arby's. I look at that guy. So you can't hate him. You're right. No, I mean, he's a, he's a player's coach, and he's loved. And, I mean, you listen to his press conferences, and he has personality, especially compared to what we used to have. you got to love Romeo, but the Texans are – we're just a mess right now, and it's nothing. there's nothing Romeo can do. Like, the biggest issue that we probably have is Bill O'Brien was not only GM, not only head coach. We also had either the smallest or the second smallest coaching staff in the league. We had a rookie offensive play caller and a rookie defensive play caller. Like these are their first years calling plays. Like this was a hole that was just too deep. And that's our main, main issue. Like it's a talented team. Like I still stand by our early predictions with the talented, uh, not on defense, but not, yeah, not, we're not 32 in the league defense. If it's well coached, we're maybe like 24. Like we're not, it's not greatly better, but it's not absolute trash where it's absolute trash right now. And that's mainly because, our coaching staff is just an absolute mess. Not to uh, throw salt in the wound or kick you while you're down, but Do it. What, are you, what are your thoughts on J.J. Uh, Watt's statement it, where he said, he basically said, I want to be traded to a team that's going to be in the playoffs. Is I've, been that, screaming, I've been screaming to trade J.J. for a year and a half. I like out of he deserves it is what you're saying. No. But is he, is he tradable? I don't understand this deserves it stuff. This is a business. You need to return back some sort of investment for my team to be able to build. I can care less if it's to the Jets. I can care less if it's to the Broncos. Whoever has the highest pick, send it my way and take on JJ and his $17 million in his last deal. I can care less what he's done for the city of Houston. I can care less what he's done for the franchise. I am not loyal to a player. I am loyal to a team, and I need him to return some sort of investment for this team to be competitive again. And he's the only tradable asset that should be able to return some decent positive gain in, in draft capital. So I can care less where he goes. I really don't care if he wins a ring. Uh, he's also been hurt three of the last four years. So maybe that's part of my, my, my pain with him is, you know, we've never seen four years of, of a JJ Watt before JJ Watt was on a tear for four years that we've never seen before he was yep he was an anomaly but then it fell off completely and we haven't seen it yet and we're not ever going to see it again so trade him all you can and we should have traded him at the trade deadline i mean he's a cheat code like you guys said what we were seeing before he started getting hurt every year was unbelievable and unbelievable. john you said you're not a, you're not the 32nd defense but again in my uninformed uh opinion with a half decent coach with him alone you got to be top 15 defense with he's healthy no not anymore. Uh, used to. Wow. And, they were kind much, of, huh? and they were kind of hoping on that this year, I think. They were even expecting him to be similar to what he was last year before he got hurt. But this year, he just he's, he's not the same JJ. I mean, he's still top 15 pass rusher, but he's not that force on defense. And I think that they were hoping like last year before he got hurt, we were the 14th ranked defense. And then after he got hurt, we fell off, even though we still made the playoffs mainly based on the strength of our offense. And I think they were, they were counting on something similar this year. If you have JJ playing like he did at the first half of last season, then yeah, we could probably squeak in between 15 and 20. Um, but he's not even there. And one of the things that's kind of telling is JJ when he was a force of nature, had more pass rush moves. Like he had a counter for everything. He was not only just obscenely gifted physically, he's also smart. Um, and he also knew when to take risk. And now he's at a point in his career where he still takes those risks, but he's not the same player that he was. So he, he messes up more often and he's just not using as many moves. Like he's almost relying on a swim move and a, and a bull rush, which is two very simple moves that just about every pass rusher out of college comes and he's still a force he's just not the same guy that he used to be i i wouldn't want to get tackled by him personally but i want that was no, my biggest question about him was 
I always thought, and I understand it's a business. Like, trust me, believe me, every Cleveland sports fan, I know it's a business and people come and go all the time. I just thought he's such a unique situation because of all the money and the millions of dollars he raised for the city, like himself. That's why I was always, I was thinking like, they can't trade him, can they? Yeah, like, there's going to be riots. It's It should happen, but the, but the fan base is not going to like it. I'm yeah. not going to like it. Like, I it's even agree with James from a business standpoint. If you take your heart out of it, it mm-hmm. should happen. It doesn't mean I'm going to like it, and it doesn't mean I'm not going to understand when people are super pissed off, especially when we came off a, a season right now where we are so underperforming that it's not even funny. Like, they should be yeah. pissed. Yeah, it, it just has to, you know, uh, as fans, you're emotional, right? And so you're, you're already going to be emotionally attached to what JJ has done for the city, and I totally understand it. And I don't know if there's ever been a – player that's been able to impact a city the way JJ has, to be honest with you. I really honestly can't think of anything that a player to that magnitude. Under, next to LeBron, you might LeBron be. LeBron James. And, and they, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're right. I'm not in Cleveland, so yeah, you're right. LeBron uh, with the school, but, uh, what's but, he's done. Uh, you're right, 100%. LeBron. But he's right there. He's right there. He's right, JJ. Yeah. He's right there. And so yeah. it, it's, it's hard to, to fathom doing that. But at the end of the day, um, we want to win. And um, and it, uh, he's not, I don't want to give him a third contract. You know, I wrote an article about basically comparing him to Kobe the year that we gave him, uh, you know, $70 million after he tore his Achilles and it basically crippled the franchise for seven years. We just made the playoffs for the first time in seven years. And it's because we freaking paid Kobe so much money. So what I don't want is for them to tie another contract to a player who has been hurt three out of the four years because of what he means to the franchise and what he means to the city. And so that's kind of why I've always been on the, on the board of just trade him so that we're not in that position because our owner is in love with JJ Watt. I do not care what you guys do, except since I've read that headline of him wanting out, please God don't send him to the Steelers. I don't want to hear about the brothers reuniting and them just dominating us. Yeah, yeah. you guys could take care of that for us. We appreciate like, it. We'll, we'll, whatever, yeah, we'll put a word in. We'll put a good word in. Whatever strings you got to pull, just give me a solid. I mean, Ravens or Steelers, which would you prefer? Neither, uh, but it always happens, so whatever. You had to choose one. Just you can't not, hurt me anymore. I, I would say Ravens just because I don't want to hear about the two brothers on opposite sides of the line massacring our guys. How long were you guys off the Bill O'Brien train? Was that last few years? Was it this year? John, be honest. Um, I was done with them after the playoff game last year. Ooh. After the uh, after the Chiefs meltdown. Um, I just I can't think of any coach that's ever recovered from anything like that. Now, that's when I, I, I kind of wavered on it. Like, we tried – one of the things that we really try to do with our show is try and understand what they're doing. Like, we really do try. Like – we sat there and we had one episode where I'm borderline in tears that we traded D hop. Actually, I was in tears. Like not going to sugarcoat it that we traded Deandre Hopkins. And then the very next week we're sitting there, we're talking it out and we're like, okay, this is the plan. This is what they're trying to do. And I even ended up writing an article on how star receivers and quarterbacks sometimes plateau. And it's kind of like trying to talk yourself into a decision. So with, with Bill O'Brien, we fell into this trap. We were stuck with him. He signed another contract. So you try to support him. But when I was most emotionally done with him and very, very adamant that he's not going to succeed here was right after the Chiefs meltdown. I had a meltdown after that game myself um, for other reasons. But for those of you unaware, uh, te- correct me if I'm wrong, Texans were up 24 nothing against the Chiefs in the second quarter. Uh, the winner of this goes to the AFC Championship game. And then Mahomes turned back into Mahomes. And they lost fifty-one to thirty-one, and it was yeah, something five else. Touchdown unanswered. Um, we were up twenty-four nothing halfway through the second quarter, and just fumble a kickoff. Uh, we can't convert a fake punt. Um, we hit kick a field goal instead of going for it. Just like lots of little things, and it just snowballed so quickly. And the Chiefs are a team that once that happens, it oh yeah, they're over. rolling. You guys yeah. got Browns. You guys got Browns. So well, my they- question. Of- that's what I was just about to say. Like, I've never experienced anything like that in my life. I have, I have never, and I never thought that it would hurt as bad as it hurt. I, I feel like my soul was literally sucked from my chest, put in a blender in front of me, and then, like, served to me again to eat. It was awful. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we get that. We know exactly what you're Last time I had that was the Indians being up 3-1 to one in the World Series. So my Warriors joke, with them being up 3-1, that only lived a few months because now I couldn't say that anymore. <laughs> Wait, so were you guys – because if we're up 
100 points in the middle of the fourth quarter, just my I'm conditioned to not never believe it and to never get not believe so that it's zeros on the clock. At halftime, were you guys like, hell yeah, we got this? Or like, what was the vibe there? No. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> not. You could even, after the first touchdown, the entire, uh, the Chiefs scored, the entire mood in the room changed instantly. Like, just a couple of minutes ago, we're, we were happy, we we're jumping up and down, and then the Chiefs turn around and score off the uh, fumbled uh, kickoff, and we're like, like, oh no. Here it comes. And you just, you just know that it's going to happen, and it's just going to, it, yeah, that was the most god awful feeling that I've ever had. And Shut I'm up. also a South Carolina Gamecock fan, so I know a little something Ooh. about pain. Yeah, that that was the worst. Shout out to our web developer Cody and CTO. He he freaking he's Mister Positive Vibes only, and he he was with us, and he was we were at Twin Peaks, and he was trying so hard to look all this. All that needs to happen is we have to have 17 interceptions and 42 fumble recoveries and all these. <laughs> And and everybody tried God to buy bless it. that kid. God oh, bless that kid. Oh, just couldn't. Is Cody? Uh, I can say hillbilly, right? Is Cody a hillbilly? No. Oh, I've always kind of no, uh, really. I, I've always oh, believed yeah. in my heart of hearts that if you're named Cody, <laughs> you, you're automatically just a hilljack. Cody, yeah, <laughs> you good. and your sister Layla, we're having dinner tonight. But apparently, <laughs> this guy's a web developer. So yeah, yeah. 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 I'm, I'm growing as a person. <laughs> yeah, for our listeners, check out TexasUnfiltered.com. They go into breaking out game tape. They write blogs, similar to what we're about to launch here shortly, but great website. So we got the Texans. You guys are two and six, but you got that's not before we brought you guys on, we were going through the record. Like, yeah, you've lost a lot of games to you guys a lot are a two and really six good, team. <laughs> you lost to a lot of really good teams. And I don't know, how have they have you guys been feeling game in game out it's just like oh we're a dumpster fire it changes every week you know it changes every week it, it, you know like the 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 chiefs game the first you know the first thing we say is oh it was the chiefs and then you know the ravens game it was like oh it was the ravens and then like the steelers game it was like oh it was the steelers but you can say that those, those are like three exactly. of the top five teams in the league right and then at the time nobody expected the steelers to be who they are this year i, I mm-hmm. not one person not one national media writer nobody expected the steelers to just bounce back insert ben you're right so, um you know we have that circled as a lot as a, as a win and then you know the vikings game we were you know a fade away from you know if he would have will fuller would have caught it we would have won the game we'd still have bill o'brien though so is it you know it's a trade-off um but then the Titans game happens and the Jags game happened. Like the Titans game was a great game. Our offense was clicking on all cylinders. Our defense was just trash. Um, and then this last week, you know, very similar. We lose to Green Bay. Blah, it's Green Bay. It's Aaron Rodgers. So, I mean, I, the offense is fine. Um, it's just the defenses. I have so many questions, so many curiosities coming into this game. I know you guys do as well. You know, first of all, it's in Cleveland. I don't know if you caught a, the Raiders game a couple weeks ago, but Cleveland can t- turn nasty real quick. Um Deshaun Watson, top 10 quarterback in the league. He's an incredible talent. I just love watching him play. Um, you guys got that uh, decent wide receiver, Will Fuller. Um, he's just he's an absolute stud. Um, I love watching him play too. So fun to watch. Yeah. JJ on the defense. I know, I know you guys are not you're off the JJ, but he's he's big name, obviously, for everyone else in the league. Um, let's get into the game. You guys are right now three-point underdogs. I imagine that's going to do a lot of roller coaster the next few days. Um, Want to talk about, you know, uh, high level. Where do you guys see the Texans matching up well? Um, and other than I tell them, other than Miles Garrett, um, what are you guys worried about? We're not matching up too well. And Denzel Ward. I'm actually not worried about Denzel Ward, and I love him a lot. I think he's, I think he's one of the best cornerbacks in the league. I, I just, I, I don't think he can contain Fuller. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. We can't run the ball, but we have some really good receivers. Uh, Will Fuller, by some metrics, is a top 10 receiver in the league right now. Brandon Cooks, right there, right behind him. And, I mean, Deshaun is just on an absolute tear. I mean, just a little bit of like a side rant on that. Of course, this is the life of being a Texans fan. We have a top, depending on how you look at it, anywhere from top five to top 10 quarterback, and we're two and six. So... Deshaun is absolutely going to be Deshaun, but y'all are probably going to score points too. I don't know who who's going to take over as your number one receiver with Odell out. Jarvis, Jarvis. or yeah. Hollywood. Um, I think you're going to see a well balanced. 
repertoire. Is you guys are going to see about 10 wide receivers on Sunday. Some we've never heard of probably, but it'll be uh, an interesting, I mean, cause we're getting a lot back too. We're getting Hooper, our tight end coming back. Chubb, uh, right? Chubb. Th- um, I, we're we're kind of, we're waiting to see what the press conference says later in the week. I mean, he's practicing him and Hooper and Wyatt Teller. Uh, they're all back practicing this week, but as you know, everyone knows after been out for weeks, you're not going to be hundred percent full goal on Sunday. So we'll see what happens. I yeah, can say we, that we can't stop the run and we can't stop the pass. So that was our next question. Neither yeah. can we. Probably our biggest uh, of the players that we got back uh, following the bye week, um, Wyatt Teller. He is huge for our run and pass offense. He's just he, the dude just pancakes people left and right. And nine times out of ten, when there is a somebody putting up best numbers in the league as far as running backs concerned, it's because they have a sick line. And this guy's been out for the past like three or four games. So hopefully his calf is strong. And we can run train on the Texans. Yeah, uh, you, you easier will. said than done. Easier said than done. You would no, no, no. It's not. You just say it. <laughs> it's really not. Defense is the worst in the league. Uh, I think we can drop given, one of y'all out there, and you're going to run for 80 yards against us. Right? Yeah, we we gave up 168 to Clyde Edwards Hilaire. We gave up almost 200 to Dalvin Cook. 200 to Derrick Henry. You guys are naming the best backs in the league. Like this is 140 like, to James Conner. I mean, yeah, I mean. James Robertson or whatever his name is and Jack in Jacksonville ran for a hundred this last week while they were playing from behind most of the time. Um, I mean, our run defense is awful and it's all just schematic like gap discipline that would solve this and they just can't seem to get it right. But our, our secondary is awful too. So, you know, I mean, you just pick a poison. This will be the game that everybody is talking about with Baker. Everybody's going to, everybody's going to give Baker all his props because not that he doesn't deserve it. And you guys talked a lot about Baker off air and, and somewhat convinced me into being a Baker fan. So I appreciate not a fan. I'm not going to say that, but hell yeah, <laughs> I, will, I will say I have, I have a, a certain level of respect that I did not have for Baker before coming onto this podcast. So I really appreciate the insight because I've always trashed him and I won't be doing that anymore. So thank you for the insight. Um, That's but, sick. That's sick. For at least a uh, week. For at least a week, unless he destroys my team, then he's a total douche again. But, he's uh, gonna throw for like he's gonna throw for like 350, 360, 370. Like that's on the lower end. What's gonna don't happen? Don't you try to change me into a loss? Don't you try yeah, to change me? I know exactly what you guys are doing right now. No, I think you guys lose. Um, but I, I do think Baker has a great game. Uh, There's gonna be a lot of points scored. The real yeah, really. yeah, What is the over? I think it's 53 and a half. Yeah, I read your guys' website said take the under. Yeah, that well, that's not me. That's my uh, betting writer. Uh, I'd take the over. Do you, you guys have unpaid interns too? Uh, no, we have oh, yeah. paid. Oh shit! You guys pay yours? <laughs> no, that's how I started when I did that. We're cutting that part out. We're cutting that part out. <laughs> Buddy, have I got a scheme for you? <laughs> so here's what happens: just give me seven hundred dollars, and I make you an official writer. <laughs> um, and then you bring on other writers and they pay me seven hundred dollars. No, um anyway. Um no, I think I think the game's gonna be very interesting. It should be a very high scoring game. I do expect Baker to have a really good game. I if Nick Chubb does play, I think he'll have a good game. If he doesn't play, I think Kareem Hunt will have a great game. I I, I think if you put in the water boy at running back, you guys he will have a great game and he'll be picked up by another team to be a starting running back, likely ours. Um <laughs> and um so, but I do think it'll be fun. I think it'll be really cool to watch Deshaun and Baker go go toe to toe. I do think Deshaun Watson is a better quarterback than Baker Mayfield. Um, but Baker, you know, is still. I, I, I think, being all honest about Baker Mayfield, he when it comes to quarterbacks, it's all about the situation you're put into. We're seeing it with the Jets. We saw it with Josh Rosen. Before Kevin got here, you guys were a dumpster fire um, at head coach, at up, upper level, you know, at, at, at you know management. You guys were never a consistent bunch, and the culture was so bad that it was almost impossible for the players to succeed. Not on Washington football team level, but you know, as far as the turnover, Ooh, you'd be surprised. Well, I mean, in the sense of like sexual harassment and like you know all that. All right, all right. yeah, nothing in the front office, none of that. I mean, well, that's what I mean. Yeah. So when I said culture, I wanted to make sure I clarified so nobody on the Browns time my timeline just came and destroyed me. Like, well, we've never had rape allegations. Okay, but anyway, so what I was going to say is, you know, Baker really didn't inherit a franchise that could support him in the best manner that he could. And when you look at just successful quarterbacks. They have to have that stability. They have to have 
that familiarity with the coach and the scheme and the offense. And he's not had that. He's had, what is it? Three head coaches now? Three Four coaches in 2.5 years. Yeah, so, I mean, it's impossible for him to be able to get going. Different quarterback coaches, so therefore he has no familiarity with the guy that's going to help him develop. Uh, yeah, he's always had weapons, but at the end of the day, those weapons mean nothing if you really aren't comfortable in the scheme. And I think Kevin is eventually going to get the most out of Baker Mayfield. I don't know what that'll be, but I like the hiring of Kevin. I think he's a great coach. I think schematically he's going to fit what Baker needs, and it's very similar to Oklahoma, heavy run game, uh, you know, with the ability to, you know, pass to Odell Beckham or Jarvis Landry. You know, David Njoku, if we can talk about that a little bit, because I don't understand why he's not used and why Austin Hooper was signed. Um, but either way, I think Baker has the potential to be a great quarterback, a great quarterback. It's just going to be, will Haslam be patient? Will he continue to support him with the right people around him for him to have consistency for the first time in his NFL career? And if he does, then the Browns will be able to do what you guys need to do. You're in a tough division, but Baker has the everything you want you just need to give him the opportunity to do it. Yeah, then that's, I think you hit the nail on the head. Our kind of point with our belief in this whole franchise, the 30 quarterbacks we've gone through since 99, that shit doesn't happen in a vacuum. Right. You know, there you don't have a quarterback issue. You have a management issue. Yeah, exactly. Um, we know. As far, as far as David Njoku, um, he's just a guy that, you know, when you're not a blocking tight end and you don't catch the ball as much as you should, then to it, hell. He catches the really hard ones and then drops the ones that all four of us would catch. That's what kills people in Cleveland about him, to make it just quite frank. His talent is, so I mean, just disgusting. He's so much potential. We, freak, yeah. You hit the nail on the head, too. It's, it's in our last episode. What's that? He's like LeBron James playing tight end. B body wise, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. He's built like a Greek guy. Um, and you hit it on the head. I said in the last episode is that this is the first time in my life since 99. We have a coach that the players love playing for. They're all on the same page. They like each other for once. They they have a goal in mind. Um, it sounds a lot like coach speak, but it's true. Um, we we've just we've never had everyone, we've never had a GM and a coach that are on the same page and like each other. But the way it was put together this year. Um, we have hope. And so like, uh, again, I, I'm the last one to ever make excuses. I, I got over that a long time ago with the teams I've had to put up with and the players I put up with. Um, yeah. I mean, you look at bigger versus Deshaun. Deshaun's numbers are all better, except I think maybe sacks, um, which just goes to show how much we beefed up our O line. Cause that would have been the case last year, but I just, I just, I, before all the, the big talking heads and ESPN and everyone else, we just, <laughs> Can we please just let Baker get one year with the same coach in the same side of the or the same playbook before we start making all these crazy predictions? That's all I want is just let him have one coach, not 10 that he's had in the last two years. Yeah, I mean, we're in a similar position uh, right now. I mean, not it, it hasn't gone on as long, but if you really look at the Texans organization, we're just a baby Browns right now. It uh, hasn't happened as long. Don't put that on yourself, guys. Don't well, say about yourself. You don't, you don't want that. Well, I mean, coming like Sean Watson, we had one less quarterback than y'all did since the uh, inception of both teams. Like we yeah. we've been through it, and, and when you we have almost too, succeeded yeah. in spite of ourselves in some regards um, because we didn't have a, a drama filled front office, but they they just weren't aggressive. I mean, when Kubiak and Rick Smith, they at least got along. And then you drop in Bill O'Brien and all of a sudden that's an atomic bomb and the front office tears itself apart. And now it's all catching up. Like well, this is that, year where everything catches up. It, it just, when you look at the decisions made by this team in the, over the last, you know, six years, seven years, there's just, it's always been one nugget, one nugget here, one, but the one nugget ends up being a 12 piece. Um, because you just, it, it ends up unfolding into other things. Dwayne Brown. Great fucking analogy, by the yeah. way. Thank you so much. Um, and and when you when you look at uh, I like nuggets a lot. Um, I shouldn't eat them because they're bad for you, but they are great. Um, try the spicy nuggets. I hope you guys get paid by McDonald's. Um, anyways, um, Taco Bell. Oh hey, nice. uh, we're paid by them. We're not paid, but we're a big Taco Bell podcast. But okay. sorry to interrupt. All right, I'm a Del Taco guy, but that's fine. Um, uh, no, but when you when you just look at like the Dwayne Brown situation that happened, you know, four years ago, we ended up, you know, trading the best left tackle that the franchise has ever seen in a year where we had Deshaun Watson as our quarterback for his rookie year. And, you know, the line just regresses, you know, and, and it's just little things here and there that really just put us in a position. And 
now we're at the point to where we're controlled by a team chaplain character coach who nobody knows who is a snake and just going to poison the well in a, in a way that we will not be able to recover. We will, we will go through the exact same things you go, you guys went through. We will make a bad hire. We will keep the same, you know, we'll keep the same management team and staff with Jack Easterby at char- uh, in, in leading the charge. We're going to go Patriots 3.0 uh, since the 2.0 didn't work. And it's just going to be this endless cycle of just rinse and repeat. And that's, that's why we are going to be the Browns. And it sucks because we have a top five quarterback in my mind. I know you said top 10. I'm just going based on talent, not stats. I'm not, I don't, I'm not going to be top 10 at all. Yeah, top, yeah. I mean, top five at all. No, I, I think he's a top five talent. Uh, yeah. Maybe he hasn't put it all together yet. Um, but that's going to be wasted just like JJ was wasted, just like Andre Johnson was wasted, just like Arian Foster was wasted and so on and so on. And it's going to be this en- endless cycle that never ends. And, and, and Duke Johnson. I love Duke. I'm a big Yeah, nothing, nothing. That, that was our slogan. I mean, pretty much if you, if Duke touches the ball eight times, we win. Uh, it was, it was a stat last year that was actually held weight. And then um, this year we just you know, decided to give it to a guy who's been hurt all the time, but um, hey, it still holds uh, up this year. I mean, he touched it almost 20 times and we, we won. So, yeah. So, uh, you know, it, it sucks. It's sad. It, it is what it is, but it, it uh, honestly, that's really, if I'm being honest, this is where I see the team going. And that's with me being optimistic. There's been times, there's been years, many, many, many years where I would have happily given a body part to be two and six at the bye. Um, I'm, I'm not, I'm, it's not a joke. It's real. So before I know you guys make it to another show, we'll do predictions. But my last question for you guys is give me some of the hot takes. I know in, you, it, it, it's the middle of the season. You guys have no idea what's going on, but like, what are, and here's what are people talking about? Like, what are the big splashes that are going to happen after this year? So you guys have a lot of first and second round draft picks, if I'm correct. But does Romeo stay? Who do you guys trade that's big time? Like, what are some of the big hot takes that everyone's like, this has to happen after the last game? Eric Bieniemy is the answer to every fan. Yeah. Uh, and it's the wrong path to go down, even really? if that's happened. But that's just my opinion. Um, I, I, I think Eric Bieniemy is not the right guy. You know, he's been in the league 20 years. He hasn't had any success until he went to the Chiefs and was the offensive coordinator with Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Sammy Watkins, Tyler Edwards, you know. So, <laughs> Um, you know, so for me, that's a, that's a, that's a very scary. Um, but I think, you know, th- for things to happen, the hot take, you know, I, my, my guy is Joe Brady. I really like him. I think he's young. I think he's the guy you want to bring in and, and really build your offense around. It gives you the opportunity to uh, really build a culture off of a young guy who's had experience in the league, also in college, and then uh, really build around the talent and, and build a, build a scheme not bring over a scheme, build a scheme around Deshaun Watson so he can flourish and then, you know, do the same thing underneath, you know, with your offensive coordinator, with your quarterback coach, with all your passing game coordinator. So you have all the the blueprint to continue to run a successful organization while your OCs are picked off, while your QB coach is picked off and really just build. And then I think that's what needs to happen. That's the hot take for me is Joe Brady, uh, 2021 uh, head coach for the Houston Texans, trade JJ, trade Whitney, trade Nick Martin, cut them all. I don't really care. Start over on defense, and then let's just keep it moving. John. You heard it here first. John? Yeah, I'm kind of in, agree- I'm in agreement with James on a lot of that. Um, we're going to know exactly what they think about the head coach, depending on what they do with J.J. Watt. Um, I think if they get the coach that has convinced J.J. that they're actually going to go for it and they're going to compete next year, which will be a kind of a, a miracle, because we are, if we keep the same team that we have together next year, we're in salary cap hell. And so that's even good players, not even getting rid of just the bad contracts, just trying to keep the good players. So we, next year's a mess. Like we don't have a first round pick. We don't have a second round pick. We don't have any money to spend. So whomever's coming in is kind of stuck with what we have. Now, if they come in and it's the right hire and they convince JJ that they're going to compete, then JJ's not traded. If they come in and they're like, hey, next year's a mess, we're not going to compete next year, then JJ's gone. And regardless, next year's going to be a mess. So whomever can convince JJ that it's not going to be a mess, like, I mean, I don't think that, that person actually exists. So anybody I mean, I- that actually knows their, knows their football is going to come in and say, yeah, next year we're going to take, we're going to take it on the nose. It is what it is. But start gearing up for, for the future. I think uh, I was telling somebody this, and then we'll, we'll get to the prediction. I'm sorry, but I, I think no, this, you're fine. I think this team could be very similar to the 2017 Colts, 
They hired Frank Reich. They got the right guy. They didn't have a ton of pieces on defense. They just drafted right. They built a solid defensive line. Now they're the number one defense in the league. I think with the, with the, with Deshaun Watson at the helm, you have the opportunity to really kind of skip that rebuild. You know, you have you have two tackles. Yep. You have the opportunity to really ride it out. Maybe maybe you're not a contender, but you're still a competitive team week in week out. And then it's going to take a year, maybe two, to really get that defense going, especially with the lack of draft capital. But I don't think we're a rebuild. So I do think that that pitch can happen to J.J. Watt if that's something they want to do. He only has one more year left on his deal. He can go sign another one. So if if we're lacking draft capital and money to be able to sign another formidable defensive player to come in, you're going to keep J.J. around and hope that you can re- rejuvenate him and let him play and build uh, you know, some other players around him. And then you know, you're know you 9-7 and seven or 10 and six and you're going to the wild card and that's that and that's a successful year with a new coach given the quality of players on this roster like you just said it you can't officially be in a rebuild when you have deshaun watts on your roster like guys want to play with him guys will come there to play with him this has been wildly therapeutic because a lot of the things you guys have been expressing are things that i have either currently felt or felt from many years before this so much appreciated um let's do a predictions sunday uh john well, you see, here's one of the things we also didn't talk about. One of the things that is amazing about Deshaun this year is he's succeeding despite the play calling because it usually takes about half the game before they let Deshaun do Deshaun things. Um, usually the first half, they try to run the ball a little bit too much and we can't run the ball at all. So what's going to happen is y'all are going to get out to a quick lead um, and it, and then it's going to turn into a shootout. Now, I don't think that we're going to have enough to come back because our coaching staff, even with out Bill O'Brien has still shown this um, ability to be incredibly stubborn. So I think that we're going to lose in heartbreaking fashion because that's what Texans do. We lose in heartbreaking fashion, especially against teams that have a competent offense. I like that take. What's the score? Um, I'll go something like 38-35. That was mine. I got to change it now. James? Um, I, I think uh, I think we come out hot. Um, you know, we, st- we scored on our opening drive for the first time in two years. Um uh, I think this is just going to continue to build with the chemistry on the offense. I think the receivers get going. Uh, I know Denzel Ward is somebody to look at. And, you know, if he's on Will Fuller, it, it should be a pretty silent day for Will Fuller as Denzel Ward is an extremely, extremely talented cornerback. Um, but I, I do think Will Fuller with that speed, even though Denzel Ward has it as well, um, he's a great route runner. And uh, that's one thing that people don't know about Will Fuller. Uh, you combine that 4-3 speed with that route running ability, and, and he's able to torch some of the greatest cornerbacks out there. So um, I think he'll get, he'll, he'll get one, one big one. Um, and I think that we keep it up. I, I don't think we slow down. I, I think we abandon the run game. I really do. I think we just come out and toss it. Um, take care. You know, your, your middle linebackers aren't very good. I think that they're going to they're, they're gonna notice that, and they're going to go after them. Uh, your slot corners, eh. Uh, I think Randall Cobb could probably eat as well. Um, and so, uh, you know, I think this could be a high scoring game. Uh, I would probably go, you know, uh, 35, 31 Texans. And that was my new prediction. You guys are killing me here. Raleigh, go ahead. Um, I think you guys forgot about a key component in this game. That is miles Garrett, my Lord and savior, um, against Larry Tunsil, uh, conservative, whatever. I'll just switch sides. (laughs) He'll play wherever. Both of our tackles are actually really good. Do do y'all have an interior pass rush? Yeah. If you move Miles to the inside, then yes, he will feast. Whoever's next to Miles Garrett, oh, yeah, he's going to feast. So, I mean, Titus Howard was able to shut down TJ Watt. So, Uh, we're going to go Brown 67, Houston 36. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. I don't think Um, it's realistic in any way. Hey. Uh, Kevin, please tell me yours so I can ask about the factory of sadness. Go. Yeah, you guys absolutely. Uh, literally, those are my two predictions. You guys kept taking them. Um, I'm going to go. I'm going to flip your guys' game last week. Um, so I'm going to say it's going to be a tight one. I'm going Browns 27, Texas 25. Uh, you start the fa- I have a shirt, factory sadness. Because um, every Sunday for the many, many years, uh, this is a few years ago, you go there and we just never won games. But we still went back every single week. We still sell out games and just go and just come out sad and it ruins your life. So it was literally a factory that created sadness. That's where it came from. Mike Polk, he's quieted down a lot the last few years. He was a huge Cleveland comedian and just would rip on the Browns. It was hilarious. Um, he's so good. He's so good. It was hilarious, yeah. Um, he did the the Cleveland tourism video, too, on YouTube, which is incredible. Um, it's incredible. Uh, James and John, thank you both for coming on again. Really appreciate it. Check them out. Texans Unfiltered Podcast. That's TexasUnfiltered.com. I'll have their Twiddles in the uh, episode description. Let's have a good game on Sunday. Hopefully no injuries and best of luck, fellas. Yeah, thanks for having us on, man. We really appreciate it.
That does it for Raleigh and I for this week. We will see you back right here next week for another episode of the Dogs of War podcast. If you haven't already liked and subscribed to us on whatever you're listening to us on right now, we'd really appreciate it if you did. Tonight, let's take us out with Houston, We Got a Problem by Luke Combs. Because if Chubb, Wyatt, and Hooper are back this Sunday, Houston's got a big problem. Good night, Cleveland. This is my kind of town. This is my kind of place. I wouldn't mind hanging around for more than just a couple days. I got a 12th floor room with a killer view of the empty Astrodome. A tab at the bar downstairs. But all I can think about is home. I got my new boots covered in red dirt. I don't mess with Texas t-shirt. And a Lone Star postcard postmarked to missing you. It's got the biggest sky you've ever seen. The coldest beer you'd ever drank. But I still feel like I landed on the moon. Cause it ain't got any. Copperhead Road, somebody else.